0: Turn in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter number 28. We had a great day today. It was a busy day. Pastor's surgery went well. Uh, he had to be there at 5 o'clock this morning, bright and early, but that means it was the first surgery of the day. No chance for the uh, surgeons to get behind and for him to drag on all day long. Uh, and so uh, just a little bit after 8, he was out. The doctor's happy with everything that happened. He's in some pain, but he's doing well. He's moved down to a regular uh, room already. And uh, he's going to be there at least until tomorrow, uh, if not another night. So continue to pray for him and Miss Ann. And also Miss Ann's father is up here as well. Uh, But praise the Lord that all went well. And hopefully this will start helping him get some of that strength back. Uh, Hopefully. We're praying that that uh, he will be healed and that he will be doing much better after this. And so we are thankful uh, for answered prayers. Thank you for praying. Miss Wagner sends her thanks uh, for praying for them today. I know that it helped her and uh, encouraged her as well. Um, also, we had our senior luncheon, our first senior luncheon back today. So we went straight over there, and uh, that was a lot of fun. We had some new faces that were there today. Uh, Miss Peggy, everybody bought her pie today. It was free, but we're saying we bought it for her, okay? Um, that was Wayne's birthday present to her. It was free pie Wednesday. Uh, we had a good time together today. Uh, if you know Pastor, we have the same waitress every time. Her name is Madison. Uh, she said she's been tuning in to lots of our live stream services. She works on Sundays, but she's been able to tune in. Uh, and if you know anything about, if you've ever been, Pastor gives Madison a hard time. Uh, and so he wasn't there to give her a hard time today, uh, but praise the Lord, Tony Gardner was there uh, because Tony Gardner stepped right in uh, and took Pastor's spot today. So he would be very proud that she, would, that she he ordered his food for for here instead of to go and uh, It was great, but we had a great time today. I encourage you, if you didn't come today, and you can come next month, the third Wednesday of every month we go. Uh, It's Free Pie Wednesday. You order a meal, you get free pie, Uh, and so we have a great time there. Brother Tony said, I bet you didn't know I was a senior. You thought I was only 30 years old. I said, well, I'm only 30 years old, and I'm here, so I believe it. He has me fooled if he's older than that. First Chronicles, chapter number 28, uh, verse number 9. And then this afternoon I had the privilege of going to a car dealership. How many of you, nothing against car dealers, okay? If you are a car dealer, you love car dealerships or you know one, I, I just hate car dealerships. I do, with a passion. They give me anxiety just thinking about going to them because it's never quick, it takes forever. Uh, you have to give them your blood and uh, you know sign your life away 40 million times and I was just trying to give a car away. Uh, and so uh, that was this afternoon. Uh, The car dealerships in DMV, especially Tennessee DMVs. I don't know what it is about Tennessee DMVs. They give me lots of anxiety. Uh, I went When we moved to Hawkins County, I had to go get my plates changed, uh, and I was in and out of the Hawkins County title place in 45 seconds, I want to say. Okay, it was probably longer than 45 seconds because I talked to the lady for a minute, but I was in and out in under five minutes. And I went, man, this was so easy. I don't know why I was so anxious about coming here today. Could you give this customer service to the people over at the DMV? And I'd be a lot less anxious to go over there. Uh, But praise the Lord. Uh, It's been a good day. We're looking forward to getting into God's Word tonight. 1 Chronicles chapter number 28 uh, and verse number 9 is where we're going to be. This is David. David has come to the end of his life. If you know anything about David, he was a man of war. David was a man of war. Uh, David's heart's desire was to be able to build the temple. God did not allow him to be able to build the temple, uh, but Solomon was going to be able to. So when we, when we look at 1 Chronicles chapter number 28, the first 10 verses are David charging Solomon, his son, uh, with some charges and some very important ones in regards to building the temple. We're going to look specifically at verse number 9 today and how the charges that David gave to his son Solomon apply to us as Christians today. So I hope it'll be a blessing to you. It has been a blessing to me. Let's read that verse, First Chronicles 28, verse 9. The Bible says, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart, and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off. Forever. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day. Lord, with the busyness of the day and the things that have happened as we come and we read Your Word tonight and we study and we look at this verse in particular, I pray that You would help it to speak to our hearts, that You would help our minds to be clear to the clutter of the day, and that we would come prepared to hear from Your Word, that we would all learn and grow through the, through the speaking of the Spirit in the service tonight. Lord, we thank You and praise You for what You're going to do, and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look at three simple points tonight. I tried to alliterate it. I ran out of time. The first two are alliterated. The third one, if you come up with another M word, please help me out because that is not my strong suit. Number one, we want to look at uh, our mission. What is our mission? According to David talking to Solomon here, in verse number nine, he says, and thou Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father. We're supposed to know God as Christians, are we not? Uh, It should be our desire to know God. Well, what strikes me as interesting here is David is able to say, know thou the God of thy father. Well, who is Solomon's father? It it is him. And I hope that one day I'm able to look at Landon uh, and to say, you know, I want you to know God. I want you to know God just like I know God, to have a relationship with God just like I have a relationship with God. Know the blessings of God just like I've known the blessings of God. Know the protection of God, just as I have known the protection of God. Uh, And I want that to be my testimony. And that very much was David's testimony. He knew that that God had protected him. God had helped him to defeat giants. God had helped him and protected him when people tried to take his life. And so he looks at Solomon and says, know thou the God of thy father. You know, we are supposed to know God in Jeremiah 9, verse 23 and 24. Turn with me there, if you would. Jeremiah chapter number 9. Hold your place in 1 Chronicles because we're going to come right back there. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. The most important thing of our life, the most important thing that you can instill in your life as a Christian is to know God and not just know about God and not just have a head knowledge and not just be able to, to spout off random facts about God and know what omniscience and omnipotent and omnipresence means. Those are all great things, but to, have, to know God. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Oh, well, what are those differences? Well, if you know God, it means you have a personal relationship with Him. It means that you are communicating with Him on a daily basis. Knowing God involves talking to Him in prayer. It involves reading your Bible. It involves so much more than just coming to church and sitting in a pew or, or you know reading the Bible just to get through it. It involves having a deep relationship with God. We are to know God. It's the most important thing. Let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. We are to understand God. We are to understand his word. Uh, and have you ever come across those passages of scripture that you just don't understand? I have. I feel like every time I read the Bible, I'm going, now what does that mean? Not in a bad way, because it's good to think, okay? It's not wrong to use our brains. Uh, I don't like the argument that we need to change our Bible to make it easier to read because we can't think. I take that as an insult to my intelligence personally. You don't think that I can understand these big words? You think I'm too dumb to do that? Uh, I'm not. Can I tell you? uh, I can understand. I can use a dictionary and look up words. It's a great invention that you have. You have it on your phone even. You don't even have to pull out the big dictionary off the shelf. You can Google search it. Um, And we have this. We can understand the Bible, uh, but so much more than a dictionary, we can go and we can ask God to give us wisdom and discernment when we're reading the Word of God, and we come across that passage of Scripture that just doesn't make sense to us. Uh, we can ask a fellow brother or sister in Christ and ask their opinion on a passage of Scripture. There'll be many times that Pastor and I will be in his office and, and uh, he'll be reading a passage of Scripture. And he'll look at me and go, Daniel, what do you think this means? Uh, "An iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing to bounce ideas off each other and to be studying the Word of God and to encourage each other with that. We're supposed to understand, but we are so much more than that. We're supposed to know God. Uh, you know, I thought I knew Kelly before we got married. She thought she knew me before we got married. <laughs> but isn't it amazing once you get married, how much you learn about each other once you start living with each other? I was talking to my sister earlier this week after I dropped Landon off at school, and um, she was telling me she just got married last month. It's been a month almost that she got married. Uh, this coming weekend. Uh, I was talking to her about the joys of being newly married uh, and just how much you learn about each other and the things that they do that get on your nerves. Kelly, do I do things that get on your nerves? Yes, okay. Be honest. You're in church now. (laughs) She could tell you a million things I do. Uh, She thought she knew me before we got married, but as we spent time together, we've known and learned more about each other. We've grown closer together, and we understand each other so much more now because we know each other. Now, do I understand everything about Kelly? No. She is a woman. I will never understand everything about my wife, okay? Uh, Because I am a man and I just can't. Uh, It is how we are built. Uh, But uh, I get to know her more and more every single day. And will we understand everything about God? Uh, There's sometimes I just think about heaven and eternity. Have you ever been there? I just stop and think that one day when I leave this earth, I will be in heaven God's got a mansion prepared for me, a home prepared for me, and I will be there forever. I don't know about you, that hurts my brain to think about forever. Like, on this earth, we're here, if you're if you're lucky, maybe 100 years. How old is your grandmother, Teresa? 101 years old. Uh, but how many people do you hear making it to 101 years old? I remember in the nursing home when I was growing up, my dad took us every month to uh, play the piano and sing, And uh, there was a lady there, her name was Maul Tucker. And Maul Tucker, if you asked her to pray for the service, she wanted to pray for the service. Maul Tucker would stand up. She didn't have a walker, uh, and she would stand up and she would preach while she prayed, bless God. Sometimes I think she preached better than my dad when he was preaching at the nursing home. Ma Tucker had some stuff to say, and she had a relationship with God. Uh, Can I tell you, Ma Tucker did, and I remember her being there, and she would stand up with no walker, no wheelchair, she had a cane that she didn't use to walk, she used it to hit people with and move them out of her way, Uh, but Ma Tucker would stand up and she would pray, Uh, and I remember just thinking how spiritual, she was 105 years old last I heard, I'm not sure how old she uh, was when she passed away, she has since passed away, I'm assuming, she was 105 years old when I was 15. Uh, so I'm guessing she's passed away since then. But there she was, 105 years old. And I remember thinking, 105 years is a long time. That's a, you know she was in good health. If I could be 105 and in her health, I would do it. Uh, I'll do it just to annoy Kelly. She's not going to get rid of me that easy, okay? Uh, but, you know, we, we think about that time, and 105 years is a long time. You imagine what she saw in her lifetime. In 2005, she was 105 years old. Think about all the, how history has changed, all the presidents that she's seen, all the changes in our country that she has seen, and, and then just stop and think about 105 years. This isn't even a drop in the bucket of eternity. That hurts my brain to think about. Another thing that hurts my mind to think about is the Trinity. Now, I know that God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, they are three separate entities, yet they are one. I don't understand how all that works, okay? And I never will on this earth more than likely, Uh, but by faith I believe it and I know it's true and I'm thankful for God the Father, the God the Son and God the Holy Spirit and how they minister and and the work that they do in our lives. But can I tell you, we should get to know God more every day and understand more about Him every day and get closer to Him every single day, but it takes having a relationship with Him. And David had that relationship. David had that relationship with God. He was a man after God's own heart. And, And so David sought after God and that's, what we should strive to be, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness. If one thing you need to know about God, that is He exercises loving kindness. God is good, is He not? All the time, God is good. Even in the hard times, He's good. He has loving kindness. Uh, he is there for us in the, the good times. He's there for us in the hard times. He's there for us in sickness. He's there for us when we are, when we have our health. He's there for us when we're having a bad day. He's there for us when we're having a good day. Uh, The Bible says, thy loving kindness is better than light. He exercises loving kindness, but not only that, he exercises judgment because he is a righteous God. When we do things that that are wrong, he chastens us. Just like if you have children or uh, you're around children, you chasten your children when they do something that's wrong. Why? Because you don't want them to keep making the same mistake over and over again. Uh, You train them. Landon, a pastor started Landon on this TV show. Uh, It's something about a zoo the San Diego Zoo show, Uh, and that's what Landon wants to watch, and so Landon was watching the San Diego Zoo show, and I found it interesting uh, that they are training their animals uh, to, they just want them to get into a box, and they work with them over and over again, and chasing them when they do what's wrong, the goats, you guys need to work on training your goats, they were training goats, and it was funny to watch them try to train a goat, has anybody ever tried to train a goat in here before? I'd rather train a child any day. From the watching them try to train a goat, they're trying to get the goat from stopping uh, to stop jumping on people. It, oh, she said, "Get off! Get off! Stop jumping on me!" And it kept jumping on her. Uh, they chasing them why to get them to perform a specific behavior. Their specific behavior they wanted was for them to walk into a crate of their own will. Uh, when we're raising children, what do we do? I want Landon to grow up to be a model citizen of society uh, that not end up. Uh, you know, going out and becoming a mass murderer. I don't want that. I want him to respect authority. I want him to love God with all of his heart. I want him to serve God with his life in whatever capacity he would have him. And so, well, what do we do? We chasten our children. We discipline them. Uh, well, what does God do? He loves us and He wants us to perform His particular way and He wants He wants us to do particular things. And so, He is a righteous judge. He judges. Uh, he, per- he exercises judgment He knows what's right and wrong, uh, and he tells us what's right and wrong, and he exercises righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Whatever God delights in, you know, we should delight in as Christians. Uh, The Bible says that uh, if we serve God, we give our lives to him, he'll give us the desires of our heart. But you know what actually happens is that our desires become God's desires the closer we get to him. The closer we get to Him, the desires of God's heart become the desires of our heart. The closer that Kelly and I as a couple get to each other, the desires of our hearts become one because we become one, because we get closer to each other. And so we should desire the things that God desires. So number one, our mission, we should know God, but that He doesn't stop there. Turn back with me to First Chronicles chapter 28. The Bible says, and thou, Solomon, my son, know the God of thy father and serve Him with a perfect heart. Not only are we supposed to know God, but we're also supposed to take that knowledge and what He's done for us and do something with it. Be ye not hearers of the word, be ye hearers of the word and not doers only, deceiving your own self. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. I knew that didn't sound right. It was coming out of my mouth. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. It's great to hear the word of God and to know God, but if God has changed your life, you should do something with it and tell others and serve God with your life. Our mission is to know God and to serve God, but not only that, the Bible says with a perfect heart, with our whole heart, we should serve God. Matthew 22 verse 36 says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. We're supposed to serve God with all of our heart. We're supposed to love him with all our heart, soul, and might, and serve him with all our heart, soul, and mind. And we should give everything over to God because it is the first great commandment. How's our love for God? Do we know him? Do we have the relationship with him that we should? Are we serving him like we should? And serving looks different for everybody. How I serve God isn't the same way that you're going to serve God, how you serve God isn't the same way that the person next to you is going to serve God. Husbands, how you serve God is not the same way that your wives are going to serve God. Uh, And I think that frustrates people sometimes because we all serve in different ways, but God has blessed us with different talents. God has blessed us with different abilities. Uh, My talent is not with a group of nursery-age children and watching them. That, that is not what God has blessed me with. That is not what He has equipped me with. I am thankful that there are people out there uh, that are willing to work in the nursery uh, and run the nursery and do all that. that. That is not my thing. Kelly, all day long, she'll take babies and hold them, and it doesn't matter. When they start crying, I'm going, get their parents back in here, okay? <laughs> uh, one crying child is enough. Uh, but, you know, we, I, we all serve God differently. Uh, but have you ever gotten frustrated because somebody serves God different than you? We should all serve God to the fullest of our ability, and that looks different for everyone. So you have to search God, know Him, and know what He has called you to do. Not only are we supposed to serve Him with a perfect heart, with our whole heart, but He goes on to say, and with a willing mind. We should desire to serve God. If we are saved in here, and we have been changed, it should be our desire, we should be willing to serve God, what does the Bible say in Romans chapter twelve? It's our reasonable service. It's the least that we could do. What is our reasonable service? And so many times uh, we look at church, we look at service as a drudgery. Oh, I've got to go and do this again. Oh, we've got to, uh, we've got to go. I tell you what, I struggle with. Um, you know, even when I was a choir director, sometimes you lay down for that Sunday afternoon nap. You get home from church one o'clock. You eat lunch. About 2, 2.30, you're winding down. You just fall asleep, and that alarm goes off and says, you know what, it's time for choir practice, choir member. Uh, there were several times that I laid there and go, Daniel, you have to go. You are the choir director. <laughs> you have to be there. Uh, choir practice will not happen if you don't show up. Uh, but, you know, our, our mind should be willing to serve God. And is it always easy? Is it always... Uh, no, it's not, but we should be willing to because of all that God has done for us. So that is our mission, to know God and to serve God with our whole heart and with a willing mind. But number two, our main point number two is our motivation. Uh, what should our motivation be? Look back with me at 1 Chronicles chapter 28. The Bible says, "'For the Lord searcheth all hearts.'" What should our motivation be? We know that God searches the heart. God knows your heart. The good and the bad. I think we always look at that as a negative. Uh, God knows your heart and that you aren't willingly serving Him. God knows your heart that you aren't doing, that God knows. But you know, that's also a good thing, that when we're serving Him and doing what we ought, whether we get recognition on this earth or not, that God knows your heart and God knows what you've done. Uh, and that He will bless you for that. Uh, Our motivation should be that, number one, that God searches the heart, but also that He knows our motivation. Keep reading. It says, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. Uh, I find this verse very interesting and convicting. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Have you ever been reading God's word and you just get convicted of something? The thoughts and intents of your heart have been wrong, maybe. Maybe you've been sitting in church and God, uh, I've been in church and sometimes the pastor has been, I've been preaching about something and God has worked on my heart about something completely different, unrelated to the message. He's read a verse and it's spoken to my heart in a different way. Or, or maybe a pastor's spoken and it's, you think that he's been talking to your husband or your wife. You go, he's been talking to them again? Can I tell you that? Uh, pastor doesn't have a little thing where he goes, if you give me $20, I will preach on next week, whatever your wife or husband is struggling with, okay? Uh, that'd be a good business model, wouldn't it? Maybe there's somebody out there that does that, but that's not how pastor goes. Pastor goes and, and he searches and he seeks God fa- God's face during the week on what he would have him to bring. And so when the Holy Spirit or when you pastor or whoever's preaching starts stepping on your toes, can I tell you, it's not the preacher, it's the Holy Spirit working in your heart. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. It doesn't feel good, okay? But that is a good thing that you still have a tender heart, that God is working, that God is trying to, trying to speak to you and to speak through you. And the Word of God, just the power in, right here that we hold in our hands, we treat it so flippantly many times. Uh, how many copies of the Word of God do you have? How often do we consult the Word of God? How often are we meditating on it? How often do we just uh, uh, just walk into our house and throw it on a shelf and never open it up again? But if we realize how powerful just this book in our hand is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, yet we leave the sword sitting on a shelf. We don't use it to fight our spiritual battles when Satan attacks us. We need to realize the power that we have through God. He searches our heart. He knows our motivations. You can't hide anything from God. Don't we try to hide things from God, though? I have before. I'm going to hide this from God. He's not going to know what I'm doing. I don't say it out loud because it makes me sound silly and, uh, you know, like I need to go check myself into a mental asylum. But don't we act like that sometimes when we sin? Uh, I heard somebody say uh, that when we sin, that when we willingly we sin, and God, the Holy Spirit's convicted us and we are in the moment and we sin, for a moment we become a practical atheist and we're pretending that God doesn't exist and we continue to sin anyways. When you stop and think about that, you go, yes, you know what? Uh, when I sin, when I do something wrong and the Holy Spirit's convicted me and I continue on in that sin, I'm saying, you know what, God? I know that you died for me. I know that you uh, you gave your only begotten son to die on the cross for me, but I don't care about it. I'm going to ignore all that and I'm going to do what makes me feel good right now. Wow. Uh, it, it makes you think about things in a different way. Our mission is to know God and to serve him. Our mo- motivation is because he searches the heart and he knows our motivations. He knows everything that we do. You can't hide anything from God. But lastly tonight, I want you to look with me at God's promise. I told you you didn't go. If that messes with you because of OCD, I apologize. It is not alliterated. Our mission, our motivation, and God's promise, the very end. Can I tell you, God promises both a good thing and a bad thing at the end here. The Bible says, if thou seek him, he will be found of thee. If you seek God, you will find him. If you seek God's will for your life, you will find it. Uh, I remember talking to teenagers and teenagers coming and sitting in my office and saying, Dan- uh, Daniel, I don't under know what God's will is for my life. How did you know what God's will was for your life? Uh, can I tell you that I kept a close relationship with him and I, do, I did what I knew he called me to do that day. I went to church. I obeyed my parents. Uh, I served him. I did all these things and I sought him. And the Bible promises, if we seek God, we will find Him. Second Chronicles 15, verse 2, the Bible says, And he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. you now, the Bible says here, if you seek God, you will find him. Over and over again, seek the Lord while he may be found. We need to be seeking God. If you haven't found God, if you don't know God's will for your life, seek after it. God will answer those prayers. Maybe not in your time, maybe not with every answer that you want, but God will be found if we will only seek Him. Oh, what a great promise that is of God. He will be found. It is a promise straight from God's word. But the Bible also goes on and says, if, ye, if thou seek Him, He will be found of thee. But if thou forsake Him, He will cast thee off Forever. that's a scary thought. Are we seeking after God? Are we seeking after his heart? Uh, David is charging Solomon here, remember? And as he said, David's at the end of his life, so it's one of his final charges. And this is what he's leaving him with. Uh, He says, listen, seek God, know God, serve God. And if you do, he will be found. But he leaves off the end of the verse, if ye forsake him, He will be cast off forever. Turn with me to John chapter 15. We're going to end in John chapter 15 tonight. Are we seeking after God? Are we seeking His face daily? Are we seeking His will for our lives? Because if we are, He will be found. If not, John 15 verse 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch that is in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit He purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Uh, So the Bible says if a branch isn't bringing forth fruit, he takes it away. If it is bringing forth fruit, he purges it so that it will bear more fruit. Uh, Don't we do that with plants today? If you are good with plants, that is not me. Uh, I've got two plants on my back porch. And every time my mother-in-law comes into town, she goes, Daniel, I brought these plants back to life last time I was here and they look dead again. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I guess I should water them more than once a month. That might help since they're under a covered porch. I don't know. Uh, but if you were good with plants, you know, uh, my dad, every single year, he's got certain bushes that he purges that he prunes way back. And sometimes when he prunes those bushes way back, they look Terrible. Uh, We'll go to their house uh, uh, Thanksgiving time and he will have pruned the bushes back in front of the house and it looks terrible. But can I tell you, next year when those bushes grow, they will grow and they will bloom more uh, and they will look beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But it took them being pruned and being purged in order for that to happen. And so God, if you're serving him, uh, he will purge you so that you can bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean, continue reading with me John 15, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. Where are we abiding tonight? Are we abiding in Christ? Are we abiding in the true vine? I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Can I tell you, I don't want to be a Christian that is consumed, that didn't seek after God, that didn't search for Him, and I was cast out, and I was burned because I wasn't a branch that was bringing forth fruit. So let me ask you, are you a part of the vine tonight? Are you saved? Are you a part of the family of Christ? If not, get that taken care of today. And Christians that are in here, uh, if you are listening on live stream, if you are listening uh, in the room tonight, can I tell you that God desires for you to have a relationship with him? Just as David charged Solomon uh, with a mission to know God, God desires for us to know him. To serve God, God desires for us to serve him. What is your motivation? God knows our heart. He knows our motivation. And if we seek Him, He will be found. What a great promise that is. But also, if we forsake Him, we can be consumed. We can be tossed out. We can be. God desires to use every single one of us. But can I tell you that God's work could go forward without you? But you would miss out on so many blessings, you would miss out on so many opportunities. There are people that you can reach in this room. Uh, that I could never reach because I don't meet them. Co-workers that you work with that I may never meet. Uh, People that you interact with that I may never be able to interact with. And can I tell you that God wants to use you and He wants to see, uh, you'll be able to see the blessings of His work in your life if you only seek after Him. Just as David sought after God and left these words with Solomon, I charge you tonight to know God, to serve Him with all of your heart and to seek His face. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for this day. I thank You for Your Word. I pray that just as David charge Solomon, as your word charges us tonight, I pray that we would seek you. I pray that we would serve you uh, with our whole hearts and that we would uh, seek your face every single day, that you would use the people in this room, the people that are listening tonight on live stream, that you would use them in a mighty way, that you continue to be a Bible Baptist church. Uh, Lord, that you would just continue to help us to be a light in the community of Kingsport, Tennessee. Lord, we thank you and praise you for what you're going to do and pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.